All right, everybody, good morning and welcome to Rise Up here on LFA TV. This is episode number 192. And if anybody deserves it all, it is Jesus. As a matter of fact, we deserve nothing unless we have Jesus. But with Jesus, we deserve it all. Without Jesus, we deserve nothing. Does that make sense? You know when we say that God gives us grace and mercy and salvation as a free gift and we don't even deserve it? We do once we make Jesus Christ part of our life. And once you make Jesus Christ part of your life, you deserve every bit of blessing from the Father as He has. Because like you, when you marry your husband or your wife and you become one flesh, when you accept Jesus into your life, you become one with Jesus. That's the only way that you can go to the Father in prayer. It's the only way that you can go to the Father's throne. It's the only way you're going to be able to make it to heaven and have everlasting life is by that marriage to Jesus. It's really that simple. So I want to again say thank you all for being here. You guys um, are the rock of rise up you really are like peter was the rock of the church thank you scotty i appreciate that sentiment like peter was the rock of the church you are the rock of rise up what do you think about that what do you have to say about that now i know that you don't do it for that reason i know you don't do it for recognition but let's be honest here what is rise up without a congregation what is rise up without the ability for fellowship what is rise up other than my personal journey with jesus that i could have in the silence of this room without being live on air. You are the rock of Rise Up. God brought Rise Up for you and for me because we needed it. Not because I specifically needed it, because of we needing it. We have basically become a family over the last three years, and all of us that are here on Rise Up this morning and every morning, we've chosen to be married to Jesus. There's only one rock, and it ain't Dwayne Johnson. It's Jesus. And all those that are one with Jesus are also a rock. Ethich says, are you in the new studio yet? No, we will not be in the new studio until uh, October 1st. He will, he will rock you. Nice one. Nice one, Chris. That's great. That should be a song. That should be a worship song, right? Like a parody worship song. TJ just donated $2, says, I need your prayers, family. Thank you. Well, you didn't need to donate the $2 for the prayers. We're going to pray for you for absolutely for free, but we appreciate your love and your support financially of this station and of this show. I want to give a big shout-out to two people that are in a car right now listening to Rise Up. Nick and Carolyn. Nick and his mother, Carolyn. Together, in the car, mother and son, listening to the word of Christ together through this beautiful rock of a show called Rise Up. Big shout out to Nick and Carolyn. Also, a big happy birthday to Madge. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Madge. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Madge. God bless you. Uh, A lot of people are asking where I was on my 5 o'clock show last night. I was at uh, my son's soccer game. All of you know that uh, my children have been in sports since they were 5, 6 years old. And, you know, I've always been that father that was at games. I coached for two years. Um, But ever since starting Rise Up, it's been very few and far between. And I definitely can't make everybody's game all the time because we have four kids, three of which whom play uh, soccer, and 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 they're on different teams. So I've not been able to catch one of my son's games this year. And apparently, it's been bothering him to the point he would never tell me that. He was just telling me, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Dad, you're good. You're good. You're good. But apparently, he was telling his mother, you know, that he really wishes that I would have made it to games this year. And I was supposed to go on Monday, and Pete Santilli was going to fill in for me on the 5 o'clock show on Monday. But the, the game got rained out, so I decided to obviously do my job. Uh, well, that was rescheduled, and I didn't know until about 2 or 3 o'clock yesterday that uh, I was going to be able to go to the game 
And apparently he was telling his mother on the way there, you watch, dad's going to come tonight and I'm going to screw up. And she goes, why did you say that? And he goes, well, I don't know. He's like, I never screw up in front of you when you're watching, but you watch. Dad's going to come to this one game he's only going to make it to probably this year, and I'm going to screw up. And he didn't screw up, and they won. So it was cool. And even if he did screw up, I would never said anything. Um, but I had to go. And uh, with everything that's going on right now in my, uh, you know, in my marriage and stuff like that, you know, it's, 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 it's very important that we make those things. Now, I know that there's some people that were mad that didn't know that I was going to do it. Heck, I didn't know I was going to go. I didn't know I was going to go. Um, so that's where I was yesterday. And I'll tell you what, he was very, very happy that I went. I know I made some people upset that I wasn't here last night. And those are, you know, that's the rock and the hard place that I have to, uh, you know, it's part of the job, right? I'm not complaining. Now, speaking of that, that is what I did title today's show between a rock and hard place between a rock And a hard place. Now, I want to read for you the description that I wrote, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get into the verse of the day, okay? Bruce says, you didn't offend us, buddy. We still love you. I still love you too, man. Well, unfortunately, um, I'm I'm just answering some some questions here. Uh, Unfortunately, folks, what, what I... This position demands consistency. And this, this, this position that you have all put me in and that God has put me in, uh, for Live from America anyway, not, for, not so much Rise Up, but LFA, this position demands um, consistency, respect, and vigilance and determination, right? It just does. And I know that. Everybody's known that. Um, but for three years, even, even when I was back doing the Save America Freedom Tour, um, I would have to make a very hard decision. Do I go on the American Freedom Tour? Do I go do this event? Do I take a vacation? Because if I do that, while 90% of you are like, do you, do your family, 10% of the people that are mad are unfortunately monthly donors as well. So when they get mad, believe this or not, I'm not making this up, they'll not only hold their donation hostage and be like, I'm not donating to the show anymore, which does hurt because we need income, obviously, right? But they'll also boycott the show for like a month or two. So then we don't have, you know, an audience. And it's just, it's frustrating because you're stuck between that rock and a hard place. Again, I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining to you why you never see me go on vacations and stuff like that. So it is what it is. um, And we move on. And God always provides, right? So let's get into it. Rise up episode number 192. We're eight episodes away from 200 episodes. I do like your profile pics, Mary. God bless. Okay. Um, Have you ever been faced with a super hard uh, situation or decision that no matter which way you lean, it seems to be a no-win situation? That is called being stuck between a rock and a hard place. The key is here is to make the decision that has the least amount of collateral damage in people's lives. So if it's a decision about school, if it's a decision about your child and their future, if it's a decision about your marriage, if it's a decision that you need to make at your work, if you've been given another opportunity to go to another job and you leave this job that you've loved for so long, that you've had comfort in for so long, everybody has hard decisions to make, right? And we as human beings, we think of ourselves and our families first and we go, okay, what is going to be the least amount of collateral damage? And you do a pro and cons list and you say, okay, I'm going to make this decision based on the least amount of collateral damage. And we feel that that's the best way to make a decision. Well, I'm here to tell you that's wrong. It's not always right. It's not always wrong, but it's not always right either. Let's talk about it. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to go to the Lord in prayer about this one, because everybody in the world deals with multiple times a week what I'm talking about right now. So the best thing that we need to do is we need to know how to handle those times and how to make those decisions. Unfortunately, we have been thinking inward 
and even basically maybe even inward to our own home about how to make the right decision based on collateral damage. And I'm here to say, I think that might not be correct. Now, let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? In Jesus' name, Father in heaven, God of everything, Lord of all, you've given us the ability to make choices. Since before we were formed in our mother's womb, you knew us and you gave us freedom to make a choice. After all, you don't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves there. So we have the ultimate choice in life. Some may say that's a blessing. Some may say that's a curse. I say it's a blessing. But it's even more of a blessing if we can have a relationship with you and you can teach us how to make the right decision. How to make the right choice. After all, everything on this earth is finite. Everything here is temporary. The ultimate choice is to choose you. But by default, by choosing you, if we keep you in our decision-making, then we don't have to really have a hard time deciding what choice to make. What's right, what's wrong, what's best, what's not best. What's going to cause the most collateral damage, what's going to bring the least. Help us today, Lord. Help us in our decision-making and help us make the right decision based on your will, not necessarily our exposure to risk. For everybody that's needing prayers today, for family members in the chat, for everybody that's needing prayers for themselves, Lord, we ask that you bless those prayers, answer those prayers according to your will, not according to ours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, Majorba. Good morning, angry hot dog. I've never been angry when I have a hot dog. I'm actually angry when I don't have a hot dog, as you can tell. Right? (laughs) Anyway. This show today is actually not about anything that I'm going through in my life. A lot of these show titles, because this is my personal journey with Jesus have to do with what I'm going through specifically. And in the last four days, three days, you guys have seen that I'm going through a lot in my home life right now. But what do you see every morning here? You see giving it to God, right? You see smiles because we have to, you have to do this right here in order to remember that there is joy. You can't have joy if you don't smile, right? And you see just devotion to leaning on God. And for the first time in my life, and I want to really thank all of you, the rocks of Rise Up and Rise Up, I am able to now compartmentalize and separate things and give to God. So I'm completely comfortable in my decision-making that is going on in my life right now. This title of today was more for you. This message that God wanted me to deliver to you today, this is for you. Now, I know that every message is for somebody. But I was specifically thinking of all of you today. Nobody ever puts a spotlight or puts a, a, a shines a light on Miranda or Victoria or Shane, or Clee, or Nick. There's always a spotlight on me every day. There's always these lights that burn my eyeballs, dry them out. Water would be nice! (laughs) If anybody knows SpongeBob, you know what I'm talking about. So I I have no choice because I do the show, right? But I, I, I want to put it on you today. I want you to be the center of this message today, okay? Between a rock and a hard place. Right now, let's go to the verse of the day so we can read what I'm talking about. Uh, Oh, did I not? Hold on, folks. 
I know that SpongeBob episode says Nurse isn't that funny when he's all dried up in in Sandy's house. Oh, water would be nice. <laughs> can I get you? Can I get you anything, SpongeBob? Water would be nice. <laughs> I love that. Uh, anyway, between a rock and a hard place. I said, how many times have you been in a difficult decision where no matter what choice you make, it seems to be a lose-lose situation? That's called being stuck between a rock and a hard place. How do you do the right thing? Well, let's talk about it. And here's where we're going to go. I want you to open your books to John. We were in John yesterday as well. John 16. Yesterday we were in John 15. Today, we're just one chapter next, John 16, and we're going to go to verses 5 through 15. That's a lot of verses, but there's a reason for that today. And again, because of you. John 16, 5 through 15. Here we go. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, as always. Verse 5 starts out like this. But now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now think about that for a minute. You know what I thought of when I first read this verse this morning? The movie Old Yeller. The movie Old Yellers. Old Yeller. Remember when he tries to push the dog away? Is it Old Yeller, Eli, where he's like, go away. And he just tries to get the dog to run away. I think it's Old Yeller where he does that. I know he ends up, the dog ends up dying or something in the end, but you always see those movies where they say, where they try to push a dog or an animal away and tell them to go out for their own good. It's for your own good. Well, Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away. Can you imagine how much that must have hurt the disciples to hear? They loved him so much. They didn't want him to go anywhere. They didn't understand fully what was about to happen. Uh, Dimple says monthly donor is only $5. If you decide to do a Rumble monthly donor, you can go to JeremyHarrell.com and you can donate as much as you want a month. Go away to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away ready for this the helper will not come to you so at this point Jesus is telling them it's necessary that I leave or else humanity is done I know you love me I love you I don't want to be away from you but I have to in order for you to live Can you imagine? Think about this. What about in war-torn countries or during the Jewish persecution in in, in World War II and and what Hitler did to the Jews? Imagine those stories that you read or heard about where parents had to put their children on a train to get them the heck out of there so they could live because they knew they were going to die. They knew they were going to be round up and killed, so they had to get their kids out of there immediately. And you know those stories, you read those stories, or you heard those stories about people who put their children on trains and sent them out to who knows where just so they could live. That's what we're talking about here. They loved Jesus like a parent, like like more than a parent. And Jesus said, I got to go away because if I don't, you'll die. You'll... He'll truly die. He says, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. 
Who's the helper? I thought Jesus was the ultimate helper here, the disciples must have been thinking. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives in here and lives in you. That's who he was talking about. If I don't go, he can't come. And you can't find everlasting life. And you can't be one with the Father again. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. So think about that. Jesus didn't come convict the world of sin. Jesus came to expose the sin, to flip the tables upside down, to pull the curtain back, and to show you what's next. That was his journey. That was his mission. That is why he said on that cross, it is finished. The mission was finished. The Holy Spirit's job was an entirely different job. The Holy Spirit's job was to come convict the world of sin by convicting you when you look in the mirror, when you hold yourself accountable to the Ten Commandments. So they both had two very separate jobs. And, and the Holy Spirit could not do his job until Jesus handed the baton off to him. And the only way Jesus could hand the baton off to him was to go, was to die. What a... What a roller coaster the disciples must have been living in as humans. Oh, but we're not even done yet. Let's keep reading. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Three things, right? The Holy Trinity, right? Sin, righteousness, judgment. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Arguably, the Holy Spirit has the most, I wouldn't say the most important job because Jesus, nothing is more important than what Jesus did. But forever and ever, as long as this earth is here, the Holy Spirit's got his work cut out for him. Amen? But nothing, nothing, nothing is too big for God. With Christ, all things are possible. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Sing it with me. Ready? My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. One more time. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Love that song. So I'm going to go. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. I need to go or the Holy Spirit can't come. If the Holy Spirit doesn't come, you can't get be convicted of sin. You can't be shown righteousness. And you can't be shown judgment, justice. Then he goes on and says this. Because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Who's the ruler of this world? Certainly isn't God. God can't be judged. Certainly isn't Jesus. Jesus can't be judged. Certainly isn't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can't be judged. After all, who's going to judge them? So the ruler of this world who's judged can only mean one thing. Satan. Now let's go to verse 12 through 15. Because I love this. I love this. I love the way it all brings it back together. I still have so many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Thank you, dimples. However, when he, the spirit of truth, 
what's talking to you right now through my meat flaps of a lips. The Holy Spirit who's talking to you right now. That's who he's referring to. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he, and, the, and, you'll, and, and, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to back out of the verse for a minute. I'm not trying to add or take away. I'm just saying this. When this says he will guide you into all truth, I'm going to say, and you will be of no excuse. You have no excuses. You do wrong. There's no excuse for it. You are going to have to repent. You are going to have to ask God for forgiveness through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. You have to. There is no excuse anymore. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Well, whose authority is, going to spe- is he going to speak on then? God's. And he's going to tell you what's to come. Right or wrong. Whatever decision you try to make, he'll tell you what the right decision is. So again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm bringing this back full circle to between a rock and a hard place. It's not up to you to control that decision. It's not up to you to make that decision based on collateral damage because the disciples had the ultimate collateral damage he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you that's what Jesus is saying he will take what is reserved and given to me by the giver of all and he'll give it to you through the Holy Spirit that's why Jesus said You'll have so much power. You'll have so much authority. Because everything that has been given to me has been given to you. You want to call on 12 legions of angels? Go ahead and do it. You have the authority to do so. I've got to stop here for a minute. Mazzy, pause. By the way, your check went in the mail yesterday. Jeremy, what's the biggest problem with the non... Jeremy, that's my biggest problem with the non-denominational churches is they only teach the gospel and not the law that they are... They Hold on. Is the only teach the gospel and not the law. They are a feel-good church, as my old pastor said, that pat you on... I, I, I didn't get the rest of that, but I understand what you're saying. Thank you, Race Mom, for the donation. God bless you. Thank you, O Wretched Man, for the donation. Thank you, Dimples, for the donation. Thank you so very much. Now, I'm not a prosperity pastor or preacher, and I'm not a damnation pastor or preacher. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit preach the word of God to you as he sees fit. You can get the rest of that stuff through your own research and through your own journey with Jesus. Or if God tells me to tell you, I'll tell you it. I don't have an agenda here other than to push the message that the Holy Spirit wants me to give you every day. Now let's finish this off. He will take what is mine and he'll declare it for you, says Jesus. And then he says this. This is how he finishes off. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. All things that God has are mine. I have all authority under heaven and earth. And so do you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that responsibility? What are you going to do with that duty? What are you going to do with that commitment? What are you going to do with that obligation? There's a certain, there's a certain spidey hero that says with great power comes great responsibility, right? Well, if that's not true, I don't know what is. You're bearers of light. You're ambassadors to the one who created molecules and space and time and air. And you get to do everything that Jesus could do. You, can, you have the power to create and you have the power to destroy. What are you going to do with that responsibility? I'm done destroying. I'm going to tell you that right now as God is my witness today here on September 21st, year of our Lord, 2023, 
seven years after becoming a Christian, I'm telling you, I am done using the power of God for destruction. Those days are done. I will only use the power of God from now on as my commitment, responsibility, and duty as a light bearer and an ambassador of the word of Christ to create, to create opportunities, to create kind environments, to create powerful testimony, to create heaven on earth. I've made that decision. And I am now making that promise to God in front of 1,600 people on Rumble here and the ever, however many hundreds of people are watching on digital TV or other things. I'm telling you right now, I'm making this promise not away from you, in front of you, so you can hold me accountable. I will no longer use my power to destroy. Because I do. And I do it through the power of my tongue. Not so much my actions, but my tongue for sure. It doesn't mean that you have to be a weakling and it doesn't mean you have to be a beta. That means you have to be righteous in your alpha. That means you have to be righteous in your power. That means you have to be righteous in your decision making. Now, let's go back to decision making for a minute. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. Do you not think that the disciples were stuck between a rock and a hard place? After all, they knew that doing what they needed to do with the Holy Spirit after Jesus left was going to surely and ultimately lead to a painful death here on earth. You don't think that's between a rock and a hard place? Let me ask you this. You don't think Jesus' decision was stuck between a rock and a hard place? He had to not only trust in the Father God, which he did fully, but he had to trust that you, the failed, faulty human being, would receive this Holy Spirit and carry on his power, carry on his responsibility, carry on his word, carry on his saving grace. You don't think he was stuck between a rock and a hard place? He was sweating droplets of blood for crying out loud. Have you ever been that conv- uh, that conflicted where you're sweating droplets of blood? Oh, I'm sure they were stuck between rocks and hard places. So we have to ask yourselves, did Jesus and the disciples do a pros and cons list and choose the side that brought the least collateral damage? Do you think that's what they did? Or do you think that they chose the side that was going to bring the most collateral damage because it was the righteous and God-willing thing to do? The commandment. Thank you, Lord, for this message today. Wow. I had no idea where this was going to go. I had no idea how this was going to happen. Today's show was going to go. I knew that you needed a message. I'm giving you the message, but boy, am I really, really benefiting from it. I just made a promise to all of you in front of God. That's like getting married. Negative. They chose the narrow path, the hard way. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So when you are stuck in a rock and a hard place decision, stop making your ultimate decision based on least amount of collateral damage. Sometimes you have to take that damage. Sometimes your armor has to be dented and scraped and scratched and beaten. You know what you do? You go back to the well of the living water and you replace whatever damage that comes your way. How many times have we made tough decisions in our lives based on a pros and cons list of least collateral damage? I've done it my entire life, and I've just decided today I'm not going to do that anymore. That is not righteous. That is not right. That is not what we are to do. And most of the time, we end up regretting our decision. After all, there is no right and wrong decision. There's only decisions, and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of those decisions. The only right way is God's way. Not your way. You have no right and wrong way. There's God's right way and there's God's wrong way. And if you choose a decision 
based on your least amount of collateral damage, based on what you think is right, I can guarantee you, you will end up regretting. Mikeita, you are not wrong. You just need to stop cussing. I know. It's not right to say the Lord's Prayer and follow up by cussing. I know. I know you're passionate, but you can get your point across without cussing. Have respect for kids. I know. I'm also not even eight years old yet, so please have patience with me. But thank you for convicting me. I know. And I don't take that as a jab or anything mean. I take that as constructive criticism. I really do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a treat. I'm going to put on my headphones. I know that we really reserve these for Fridays. But, ladies and gentlemen... He just keeps He just keeps putting out new content. What am I supposed to do? Enjoy. Error that's crept into the church that maintains that repentance is merely a change of mind about Jesus, that it has nothing to do with sin, being sorry for sin or turning from sin. Is this the most misunderstood word in the entire Bible? What word is it? The word I'm thinking about is the word repent. 90% of people in the world think the word repent either means asking for forgiveness or stop sinning and being a good person. The thing is though, that's not what the biblical definition of it is. In the New Testament, it's the Greek word metanoia, and it literally just means to change your mind. So whenever you see the word repent in the New Testament, no it means to change your mind. What that means then is, it's a changing of mind from unbelief to believing in Jesus. What that means then is, it's a changing of mind from unbelief to believing in Jesus. However, Scripture makes it clear that repentance is turning from sins, plural. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he has committed, repent and turn from all your transgressions. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Note again, this is sins, not the sin of unbelief. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Again, iniquities is plural, not the singular sin of unbelief. And that repentance and remission of sins, plural, should be preached in his name among all nations. If repentance is just a change of mind about Jesus, why does the Bible speak of godly sorrow producing repentance? For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Godly sorrow clearly means to be sorry for sin. In Psalm 38, David said, For I will declare my iniquity, I will be in anguish over my sin. Listen to Scripture address sinners telling them to be sorry for their sins. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. If repentance is merely a change of mind about Jesus, why does Scripture tell sinners to lament and mourn and weep? A Christian perpetually turns from sin. This is called the fruit of repentance. It's evidence of salvation, not the reason for it. We're saved by grace and grace alone without works. And the way to obtain saving grace is to do what Jesus said to do, repent and believe. A.W. Tozer said, It is my opinion that tens of thousands, if not millions, have been brought into some kind of religious experience by accepting Christ, and they have not been saved. The Old Testament is the law, and as Paul puts it, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, to show us our need. Now, when people confront the Ten Commandments, there they see their failure. Yep. And it's only when they realize this truly, they'll see their failure, 
and it's only people who see their failure who are ready to listen to the offer of salvation. Those who fail to open up the spiritual nature of the law as Jesus did will then skip over the serious nature of sin. And with a shallow view of sin, no wonder they think sorrow for sin is unnecessary. Such an error has filled the church with false converts, and those who propagate this error are more than likely strangers to biblical repentance themselves. You know, open my eyes today. I ain't gonna lie. I'm glad I got to talk with you. You too? Yes, sir. Open my eyes. You believe in God? I don't. You scared me, but then I'm starting to see what you're trying to tell me. Pray. In my youth, I used to pray because my family is very religious. Are you Christians? Yes, sir. What is a Christian? I don't really know. I just, I was born into it. You believe in God? I don't. Scientists have proved that we evolved from primates. That's not true. I believe it because there's actual evidence. There That's was an explosion that happened, the Big Bang. And then from that, billion years later, no proof with, of that. there was microscopic specks from, and on the Earth when... It used to hit meteors on Earth when it was barely forming. How do you know this? Scientists... You believe the scientists? Yes. It's called blind faith. There's no evidence for Darwinian evolution. None. How can you observe and test something that happened 60 million years ago? It doesn't pass a scientific test. It has to be received by blind faith. Now, there is evidence for what's called adaptation. Animals adapt. Yep. Birds get beaks. They beaks change. You and I change as we get older. Our skin adapts when sunlight comes on it. That's called adaptation. But as for the theory that we have a common ancestor with primates, total conjecture, total blind faith, no evidence whatsoever. The Bible, however, has scientific evidence to back it. The Bible says God created man and woman in his image male and female, so they could reproduce, and every animal brings forth after its own kind. So we can see that in creation. Dogs have puppies, cats have kittens, cows have calves. Nothing changes kind. Everything the Bible says is provable and testable in creation. Do you think you're a good person? Yeah. Do you think you're a good person? Yeah, I think I'm a cool-going person. Could it be that you don't want anything to do with the God of the Bible because you're doing things you know are morally frowned upon by him? That's a really good question. You want me to be specific? Make it a little bit more specific. When did you last look at pornography? Last week. Last week. I've been busy yeah. lately, so yeah, last week. What do you think God thinks of that? Bad? Yeah, Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. I did not know that. Have you lied and stolen? <sighs> for sure. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. It's called blasphemy, punishable by death in the Old Testament. It's that serious. Have you had sex before marriage? Yeah. So here's a quick summation for you. This is for you to judge yourself. Mm -hmm. Louis, you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer at heart. And you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, will he be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? <sighs> Sounds like hell right now. It certainly does. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no adulterer, no blasphemer will inherit God's kingdom. Do you remember the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal that's committed multiple murders and he says, you've said you're a good person, but you've committed multiple murders. I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what we're paying you. And Isaiah's sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. So does it concern you that if you died today, you'd end up in hell? It actually does. You know, open my eyes today. I ain't gonna lie. I'm glad I got to talk with you. You too? Yes, sir. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Because I ain't never had nobody be this real to me like that, yeah, you know, about God. So, you know, I mean, if you're watching man. this, man, this guy is real talk, man. Real yes, talk, real talk. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't come from the best, you know, yeah. the best side, but you feel me? But it's, it's real, though. I understand his language. Yeah, He's clear on communicating with me, like, you feel me, about what God really is to me, man. Yeah, and I appreciate that for real, though, man. Luis, it horrifies me. I've just met you, but I love you. I don't want you to go to hell. That breaks my heart. You're a living human being. You're not a dog. You love life. Appreciate the blueness of the sky, the sound of music, love and laughter, birds in the morning, friends and family. All these things give you great pleasure, and they're gifts from God, and you don't want to give them up because of your love for sin. Now, what did God do for guilty sinners so he wouldn't have to go to hell? Confession? No. 
Confessing doesn't help. It's like saying to a judge, I confess I committed the crime. He's going to say, good, we've got a confession out of you. You actually know, but you don't understand it. Because you don't understand it, you don't value it. What did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? He died on the cross for yeah. us. Yeah, you know that? Yeah. yeah. Now, most people know that, but they don't know this. And guys, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he cried out, it is finished, just before he died. He was saying, paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. Even though you're guilty, you say, Luis, you're out of here. You're guilty, but someone's paid you fine. You can leave. And it's legal. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you. He can let you live forever because of what Jesus did on the cross through his death and resurrection. And all you have to do to find everlasting life is so simple a child can understand it, is repent of your sins, that means you turn from your sins, and then trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. So if you're going to jump out of a plane 10,000 feet, why would you put on a parachute? So you don't go and die. Yeah, your motivation is fear. You fear dying. And that fear is your friend. It's not your enemy because it's making you put on a parachute. And Luis, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today, hoping you'll see that fear is your friend, not your enemy. I wanted to make your heart thump. I wanted to make you sweat a little, get a dry mouth. So you'd say, man, this is serious. If I die in my sins, I'm going to be damned. That'll make you mean business with God and let go of your darling sins. And say, God, I need, a, I need a change of heart. And God will change your heart. You'll be born again with a new heart, new desires. It'll be your own personal miracle where God so recreates you. You're a brand new person to a point where you say, I don't believe what's happened. Because you want to please the God that gave you life more than anything. And that's what happens when you're born again and get right with God. Is this making sense? Yeah, you actually... You, everything is there right now. There that, you go. Got him. actually got my heart Woo! pumping. All right. Now, you actually did. Well, you scared me. That's what he's supposed to I'm do. I'm starting to see what you're trying to tell me. And my motivation is love. I wouldn't talk to you like this if I didn't care about you. And examine the earnestness of my tone. We're talking about your eternal salvation. It's a life and death issue. Your life and your death. I'm already in the boat and I'm saved. I'm just concerned about you and I want to see you in heaven, not in hell. So you're going to think about what we talked about? Yes. When are you going to repent and put your faith in Christ? I want to do it immediately. Yes! But I don't know if I can yet because I don't know how, how long it'll take for me to repent my sins. Right now. Five seconds. Let's do it. Really? Come You've on. You've had an argument with someone. Let's say it was with your mother. How long does it take you to say, I'm sorry, Mom? Immediately. Immediately. And she'll just say, oh, honey, give me a hug. And that's exactly what God does. Let's you go. Just say, God, Pray I'm with really him. sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. He forgives in an instant. You don't earn it. You don't have to well up anything. It's not your words he cares about. It's your heart. He sees the motive. Are you sorry for your sins? Yeah. Can I pray with you? Yes, please. Father, I thank you for Luis. Thank you for our encounter today that has been orchestrated by your divine hand. And I pray today you'll catch a glimpse of his secret sins and be genuinely sorry. Catch a glimpse of your holiness and be genuinely fearful. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And this day, may he understand your love illustrated for him through that cross. Find a place of true repentance and pass from death to life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? Yes, I do. Making sense? Makes sense. Makes sense. So if you two were to die today in a car crash going home, where would you go? You know, after, after this talk. In <laughs> hell. Yeah. So you have to repent and trust in Jesus. When are you going to do that? Immediately, actually. What about you? Right now, this instant. This are you sorry for your sins? Yes. What about you, Isaiah? Of course. So you ready to repent and trust Christ now? I'm ready. You want to pray? I'm done. Father, I pray for these two men. I thank you for their open and honest heart for receiving the truths of your gospel. Pray today they'll find a place of genuine sorrow for their sin and repent and trust alone in Jesus and pass from death to life, be born again, be given a new heart and new desires. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We just uh, ask for forgiveness, Lord, full on, Lord, on all of the many sins we have committed and done, Lord. We ask that you may please bless us in a special and mighty way that we may derive and change from any bad habits in our path, Lord. 
and just stay on your path. Say all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible? Of course, of course. Okay, let me grab it. I'm asking God to send me a sign. I guess he came through. You think if he's not there, the whole time he was there, the whole time just waiting for me to open yep. up. Yep, yep. For me to say, I'm, let me come take your hand. Amen. He was there the whole time. No, I didn't know my eyes was closed this whole time. But you know, they open now. I can see now. I can see the way. So yeah, I appreciate you, Ray. Thank you. God bless you guys. Wow. Real wow, ladies and gentlemen. Just wow. Ray Comfort always bringing that heat. Wow. <laughs> oh, you see that one kid? He was like, yes, please. He's like, yes, please. He goes, I was scared, but I'm, I, please, please, please pray with me. They wanted it. They wanted that living water, and that's what we got. That's what we have to want. We have to want that living water, ladies and gentlemen. We have to want Jesus in our lives. I want to thank you for joining me here on Rise Up, episode number 192, on our way to 200. Please continue to help share the gospel. This show is incredible. This message was incredible. And Sean Farish has an incredible message for you coming up next on Ungoverned as we start our political side of the day and then followed by Live from America and then Unafraid after that. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here on Rise Up. Stay prayed up. Stay close to your families. Stay closer to God. I love you. God bless. Uh...